Hey, you're listening to Chew On That. Here's what we're chewing on today. Have you ever felt hopeless? Of course you have. We all have, especially in the midst of this past year with lockdowns and mandates, isolation and separation, with depression at an all-time high, where, where people who'd never even thought of taking their own lives were making attempts at an alarming rate. I mean, just within teenage boys, the rate of suicide attempts is up more than 60%. The enemy is literally trying to eliminate an entire generation of godly men. Many of us were in the midst of, like right in the middle of a meltdown. <laughs> so we're gonna spend the next few weeks talking about a few things we need to remember when we're feeling hopeless. And we're gonna start today with a message that we're calling, You Were Made For This. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That, a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening at Life Church in Green Bay. That happens to be uh, You Were Made For This in the Hopeless series. It's the first message. And joining me today, once again, is my very good friend, Jesse Kuhn. Say hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. It's so good to see you today. <laughs> How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. We're just coming off of Memorial Day weekend. We were kind of talking in the pre-show about our plans. We talked about me, but we didn't talk about you. Did you do anything fun? Uh, I did have an event on Saturday evening, but M Memorial Day was uh, pretty low-key for my wife and I. Which like from Avengers? Good. Oh, a different low-key. Oh, <laughs> low-key. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't get me started, bro. <laughs> anyway, so it was kind of low-key. You got? To, did you cook out at all? Did you grill something? We did not grill anything. We literally sat outside in like a canopy, like a, you know, like a 10 by 10 oh, pop-up yeah. and... Just because like we don't have any kind of shade in our backyard, yeah. So uh, yeah, no, that was it was good um, and uh, relaxing and just like rest. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love Memorial Day. Like I feel like it's a big deal for me because uh, like I'm not like anyway. It's a big deal for me. My dad served uh, in the army. My son served in the army. I served in the navy. And uh, knowing that each any one of us could have not come back. Yeah. And so Memorial Day means a lot to me. I also posted yesterday about how I feel like on Memorial Day, I also want to remember uh, those uh, veterans, those men and women who maybe made it back from battle, maybe made it back from a conflict, but then ended up losing a war uh, at home to depression or anxiety or trauma. And so like, I, I feel like I want to remember those people on Memorial Day too, because I feel like that's a big thing that, both, I think we as a nation and we as a church have overlooked for a super duper long time. Yeah, people illness. that and, came yeah. back but didn't come back. Right, that never came back. Like, yep, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a big deal. In fact, it's perfect that we're talking about hopelessness because I feel like that kind of lends itself to that. So maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll land on that somewhere during uh, cool. during this conversation. But let's uh, let's listen to the first soundbite now. I know. I mean, I know. I know what it feels like to feel hopeless. And so to so many other people in this beautiful book we call the Bible, that book is filled with people who are beautiful disasters. <laughs> and I think a lot of these people, they were included so that we could see how, no matter how hopeless we feel, we aren't. The same God who delivered those people, he's gonna deliver us too. Yeah, super love that promise, right? And like, he. he I love that Sean points this out because it couldn't be more apparent, you know, how many 
screw-ups there are in the Bible. Like, I feel like there's only one dude that wasn't a screw-up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and he was a chip off the old block. And so I feel like every <laughs> one of them um, was an example of how you can overcome uh, hopelessness or tragedy um, uh, and and everything else to, to, to have hope and to be hope. Like, and that, those are seem almost seem like they're two stages for me. Mm. Um, that they're, you know, having hope is the first step in, you know, like being hope for somebody yeah. else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so um, I also love that he talked about Beautiful Disaster. I was trying to look up. Yeah. I feel like it was a song. Like, I feel like Beautiful Disaster was a song, but I can't seem to find it. There's a Beautiful Mind. That's a oh, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Russell Crowe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, One yeah. of the best yeah. movies ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that line, Beautiful Disaster, like, whew. Because there's a lot of days where I feel like a disaster, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, I mean, but yet God sees us um, as as his beauty, like we're his, because we're his kids, we're his creation, you know, yeah. like, but what a more, like, what an appropriate term, like beautiful yeah. disaster. And I feel like for me, that's something that like I've had to overcome in my in my life where I feel like, I, I never knew that it was okay to um, always be broken, to 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 die broken, to um, end my day broken, or end my day not having completed it all. You know, like I, I try to blame my sense of uh, hopelessness or my sense of failure, or my sense of um, not being enough, unlike my dad or. I don't know, my first wife or like I try to you know, mm. try to find blame for that when in fact there's no blame that needs to be assigned. If I, if I read the gospel correctly, and maybe I do, maybe I don't, I don't know, but if I read the gospel correctly, that any hope that I have of being not broken or any ha uh, hope that I have of being a success or complete or whatever, like any hope that I have of doing that rests completely in who Jesus is in me and nothing with what I can accomplish yeah. myself. yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about just the the message of the gospel in like as you as you kind of literally just said, but maybe just to kind of reiterate that is I, I think a lot of people just misunderstand the message of Jesus, which is why I love like why at Life Church, like our message our our mission is really just as simply as to bring the life giving message of Jesus yep. to people. And, and that because it is life-giving, because how many people don't think that it is life-giving? How many people think it's judgmental yep. or unfair or... Fun-taking. Yeah, or, yeah, fun-sucking, whatever, yeah, yeah. you know? Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and and it's just like, no, um, like Jesus came to give life. And sometimes, like, I want to apologize, like, on behalf of all Christians to non-Jesus people of, like... So all, like, the narrative of, well you have to do this, you have to do that. And there's just all these rules and you can't have fun. And, you know, um, like, I'm sorry that that's the message you've received. Not, not, that's not necessarily the topic for today, but, yeah. but um, like Jesus came to, to give life and like a better life. But yeah, I'm, I kind of lost my initial train. No, that's totally but. cool. But but you're right about it. That that you know he says time and time again, and every time that he has a chance to say it, he says that he came that we might have life, and that we might live life fully and abundantly, and that we need him to do that. That we don't have the capacity 
Yeah. Or the bandwidth yeah. or the capability to do it on our own. Right, right. Like, like we're not in church because we're anything special. Right. Like, we're not in church because we are healthy. We're not in church because we're... Beautiful. Beautiful or great more spiritual. Or, great yep. speech. Yep. Yeah, people with more abilities or talents. Like, we are all so jacked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's... um. We just recognize that, like, we are broken, as you literally said. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where, like, it, the, the idea sparked from for me was, like, just recognizing brokenness and going, yep, can't do this. Yeah. But because of the redemption and the hope that does come with the message of Jesus, like, the true, accurate, um, un, like, unscathed message of yeah. Jesus, like— Man, we're not we're not here because we're anything um, like unique, but because God saw us as worth it. Yeah, and 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 some people might think that the people who uh, make church happen, people who lead a church, or people who are in a position at church, maybe have it all figured out, and that couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, yeah. the only thing we've got to figure it out is that we don't have it figured out. Exactly. You know, and so. Boy, if, I mean, you know, and I know that people are left to feel that way in some ch- in, in some church communities where they're left to feel like, you know, the guy that's standing up there, the woman that's singing, or the you know, they've got it all figured out. And so yeah. you, it's easy to sit in your seat and think, man, there's no way I'm going to make it to where they're at. Well, because from a distance, right. everything looks great. Right. Like yeah. everything looks good from a distance. Every every car, every picture, yep. whatever. But yep. then you get up close, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was sideswiped at one point, yep. or that that's got you know, blemishes or, 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 or whatever, or that has a history. And right. like, we are all literally. Right. Exactly. That. And any one of those things makes you as imperfect as though you're missing an entire fender. Right. So like, <laughs> you know, imperfect is just imperfect. Yeah. There's no level of imperfection. Right. So like, right. I was just, uh, right. I just right. had my car washed and um, I was like doing my wheels and my tires in the Walmart parking lot. Cause I had some time to kill. So I was like super <laughs> whatever. Anyway. So I, I was doing that. I noticed like I had so much curb rash on my wheels, right? So from where oh, I like got too close to that, sure. but I never noticed that when I was far away. But that imperfection is imperfection, mm. as though I'm missing a bumper or as though I'm missing a fender mm. or, you know, whatever. And so imperfection is imperfection and we're all imperfect. And so, but I have hope for perfection, you mm-hmm. know, by mm-hmm. living my life out for Jesus. And I feel like it's just, part, it's an equation that I feel like not everyone, you know, gets a shot at. So yeah. anyway, that's that. Okay, let's... <laughs> Let's let's listen to the next one. God doesn't need our prayers. He can do everything in the world without a single prayer from a single person. Prayer just puts us in partnership with him. It puts us in alignment with his plan for our lives. But there are some things that God only does if we pray. Some things that are only gonna be solved if we learn to pray persistently, like I'm not talking about praying one time and then that's it. If you only care enough to pray about something once, you don't really care about it. When you really wanna see something happen in your life, you're gonna pray about it ad nauseum, over and over and over. It's like, why does God wait to answer some of our prayers? Because he wants you to distinguish between what's really a desire and what's just a whim. Yeah, that's. Dang. I know. Like, like he could have just ended right there. Yeah, there's a and there's a lot of bold like things in there for me to. Like, man, <clears throat> like there are some things. What did he say? There, are, there are. Uh, there are some things that 
like God doesn't want us to just pray like once. Right. Um, yeah. He wants to see how committed and dedicated we are to yeah, that thought. Right. Well, and, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like sometimes, uh, this is kind of a side thing, but like, it's kind of like <clears throat> in my life, if something really bothers me, it'll come back to like, it'll, it'll resurface a couple times, like maybe in a week or whatever. And then I know it's like something I do need to confront or talk through with another person. But if it's something that like, like I felt in like one moment, but then like the next day I like totally forgot about it. Then you, then I know it's not anything to like really, yeah. you know, it's not a battle to die on, but like, right. so this was helpful for me in a sense of, because there's a lot of things uh, that I think, oh, I should pray for that. Like that's something I desire for in my life, like uh, a six pack. But then like, <laughs> right. I can, I can think in this moment, man, I really need to get back in shape. Do I really want that? Or am I just like in this moment feeling that? And then I'm going to go home and eat, um, a, you know, a pack of Oreos or whatever. Right. Wait, um, so, so back in shape, I, are you saying you had a six pack at one time? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, I, I was definitely more in shape. Yeah. Uh, Prior to this season, okay, because I, that, I was gonna, I was about to go on a quest for the picture of Jesse and the six pack. I wanted no, to see yeah. that. No, yeah, uh, that's that. I don't think that exists. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, funny. Yeah, just to like go. Okay, so do I really want this? Like, do I really, do I really feel convicted in this way in my life? Yeah. Or am I just? And there's nothing wrong with emotions, but am I just emotionally charged in this moment? Am I latched onto that? Or am I like latched on to like a spiritual truth in my life that that God's challenging me with or that I'm identifying with or 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 whatever? But to almost I don't know if prove to God is the right like way of yeah. framing that. Cause like, you know, like we don't work for our salvation. Like we don't right. work for our salvation. Like we can't, we can't be good enough to get that, but so yeah, I, am, I almost yeah. feel like it's. I almost feel it's like we have to prove it to ourselves. Like God already knows what we are worth, what our you know what our validations are, what His plan for us is, and like how this is all going to shake out in the end. Yeah, and so we're not changing God's mind. I don't believe by in our prayers. He's not like right. Yeah, I wonder right. if I should give Jesse a six pack or not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. How do you guys feel about it? Without working for it, I don't know. Right, yeah, yeah, I don't think that'll yeah. ever. <laughs> and so, like, it makes me think of my son Abe, who I know I've talked on this show about before. But um, like, he's really uh, into horses, and so um, it's hard for me because when I was his age, I was really into horses as well. But I was never given any opportunity, mm. right? Like the crappy old nags at Bay Beach when I was a kid. That was the closest <laughs> I ever got to horse riding. Um, but I remember like I joined the American Quarter Horse Association, even though I didn't have a quarter horse and like I got their magazine and I had stickers and I like, I just, I knew that I wanted to be a horseman, you know, but I don't know. It just never happened for me. And so, um, when he started expressing interest, I was like, I'm like, I want to make sure that he gets every opportunity to pursue this. Right. Cause you know, I don't know, it's kind of what you want for your kids and I may mm -hmm. overcompensate for how I was raised. I don't know. But anyway. So he's been taking English riding lessons for about a year, and he's actually looking really good. You know, he's built like his dad. He doesn't, he's not built like, I can't think of a famous horse person. I, don't even, I couldn't tell <laughs> I, you. I couldn't tell you. Not even a famous jockey. There was one, like, little guy. He was famous. Anyway, Willie something. Willie Schumacher, maybe. Hmm. I'm going to check that in yeah. between uh, segments. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so he's not built like Willie Schumacher, right? He's built like a you know offensive lineman. So... 
anyway, to watch him on the horse is great. And he's doing really, really well. And so like the next step for him is like having a horse of his own, you know? And so you're, you know, you're looking at horses and like actual horses are like $50,000, like to get an actual horse that does the actual wow. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so this weekend we went and looked at uh, not an actual horse. Like we looked at this really beautiful Appaloosa that um, her name was Lottie and she was six years old and she was beautiful, you know, mm. 16 hands. And she was just, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. And it was $4,500, but still that's $4,500, you know? And so like, that's a desire that Abe has. So is that a whimsical desire or is that an actual like life goal mm. for him? And so like, like how, how do we, how do we, like you had said, how do I get him to prove that? Not just to us, because I don't, I'm not omniscient, right? So I don't mm. know how this is all going to shake out, but like to, to prove both to me and to himself, I'm, I'm willing to do this yeah. to yeah. get that horse. I'm willing to, whatever it is, I'm willing to make my bed every day and mow the lawn and I, I don't know, like help old ladies across the street. And like, so now I need to see a pattern of that. Mm -hmm. I need to see consistency. Maybe that's what Sean's talking about with God in this prayer. Like, again, he's yeah. not withholding this thing, but maybe he needs us to prove it to ourselves that this is always on my mind. It reminds me of a meme that says, never give up on anything you can't stop thinking about. Gosh, what was it? It's something like that. Like, okay. if, if, you, yeah. if it's on your mind, if there's a dream that's on your mind, you want to start this business or write this book or plant this garden or something, if you're just thinking about it all, every day, all the time, don't give up on that. Like, that's mm -hmm. not just a whim. It's not just like, hey, it'd be fun to be a kayaker Right. And <laughs> yeah. so like and my reaction is always to like, I'm going to go buy a rack for my car. I'm going to buy J hooks. I'm going to buy, you know, the best kayak because I don't want to be seen out on the water with some like secondhand resort banged up kayak. Like, don't you know who I am? I need to have like the best kayak yeah. anyway. So that would be a whim for me. And so back to Abe, like he kind of needs to prove it to himself that this is a thing at 12 are those lifelong dreams that you have at 12? Are you at 12? Are you still like, I want to be a fireman when you grow up? Like, I mean, like, you know, I don't know. I'm yeah. all over the map. Yeah. Well, and I'm trying to think about like, what would the, what would be the things that, <clears throat> that we might pray for on a whim? Like, I'm trying to apply that like practically, like what, what would be something in my life or just in people's lives in general that they may pray for on a whim? I think it's also a part of like how we work out or how we process our faith to like to go through that process as you just described with like in the analogy with your son it's it's a way for me to think about the things that I'm praying about yeah and like mean it yeah right like so now it's something in my faith that I am actually processing internalizing and like taking it to a whole nother level of significance for me personally, not just because so-and-so told me to pray these words or right. like, it's something like, nope, God, this is a need in my life. And, and recognizing like you as the source, like, God, I need this or, um, or I'm praying this for someone else or like, it's, it's a, <clears throat> it's, it's like a muscle that like you work out that you develop. And I yeah. think, Maybe those reps is is just a part of us like working out our faith, like processing our faith for it to be deeper, stronger, like more meaningful, like more real, as yeah. he's saying, like versus a whim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. By the way, it's Willie Shoemaker, not Shoemaker. Oh, Shoemaker. I was so close on that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Close, anyway. Closer than me. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. That's the most famous horse person I know. So it probably doesn't tell you how much of a great <laughs> horse dad I am. But I just, I feel like um, a few weeks ago, our friend, Pastor Becky Alcantara, challenged me to pray for something that you wouldn't normally pray for. Like it, um, like it was like uh, counterintuitive to pray for it. Mm. And so like, I've been praying for that every night. I don't know that there's anything that I've ever prayed for every night for two weeks. Wow. You know, like, I don't know. And so it's, it's really, it's an uncomfortable thing. Like, I'm like, okay, I hope you know what's going on here. <laughs> and that's how it yeah. starts every time. Like, this doesn't feel right to me, but I'm going to, I'm, I need you to know this is still in my heart. And I need you to know, like, I either mm. need you to provide things that look this way or how, what, what are the ways that I can interact with this circumstance to make it go this yeah. way? You know, help me like. And what a relational th- what a what a relational position to put ourselves in, like with God. Mm. Like, hey, God, just you know, like this is still a thing for me. Yeah. Like, man, that's such a that's a way more personal conversation than right. um, reciting a right. You know, reciting something because right. you're supposed to do that or whatever. But yeah. like going, hey, just you know, I'm still wrestling with this. You yeah. know, or I'm still struggling with this thing, or yeah. or I'm I'm still hoping and dreaming for this. Right. So that's that's more relationship than it is like fairy godmother, right? Because if, yeah. if he, I really need yeah. to pass this test, God, so please just, or if you just got pulled over, right? God, I don't have the money to pay for a ticket. Please let this right. just be a warning, right? Or right. whatever. Right. You know what I mean, sometimes we just pray for these things that are fairy godmothery and not, you know, eternal God. The yeah. fathery. Right, because you know I mean? God wants so much more for us than just to be like a genie in a bottle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's a, what's her name song? What was her name? She did the song from Mulan. Come on, uh, do you not really know her? No. Christina Aguilar. Oh, really? You're horrible at this. <laughs> you're hey, like half uh, my age, bro. How do you yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're in the business. <laughs> like you're in show business. Yep, yep. What the dickens? <laughs> I shouldn't be better at this than you. I'm just letting you know right now, just so you're aware. Here's a third step to when you're feeling hopeless is identify the cause of your hopelessness. Like hopelessness is this weird, vague feeling and and you can't really deal with a vague feeling. You can't solve a problem or even properly pray about a problem until you identify it. But when you name that feeling, that in and of itself helps you get a handle on it. Anything you can't name is usually already out of control in your life. If you've got this vague feeling of depression or discouragement, this vague feeling of hopelessness, you need to stop. You need to ask yourself, man, what's, what's really happening here? What's, what's behind this feeling? You, you need to pinpoint the source. Yeah, so good. I feel like both on this podcast and our sister podcast, the whole podcast. Listen, if by the way, if you if you haven't been listening to the whole podcast with Pastor Becky, you totally got to get on that because uh, she talks about like real life application of real life, like like heart and 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 mind matters, like and how to just get through our day. It's not about you know post traumatic stress disorder or anything weird it's about like how do i get through every day and so in that podcast and in this podcast we've been talking a lot lately about how we have to first name something before we can blame something because in order for us to name it we've got to that starts providing the parameters of it like here's how broad it is and here's how deep it is and here's how you know here's how clear it is you know what i mean and so like when we start naming something 
it allows us to get our hands around it. But if we if we just leave it unnamed, oh. you know, we don't know how big it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be minuscule or it could be gargantuan. Yeah, and it will always be the victim of it. Like yes. we'll always be in the spot of like it controlling us. Yeah, and never knowing what the heck we're being controlled by. Yep. Yeah, and so, like what a crappy place right. to be in. Yeah. Like, so, and I feel like a lot of us just get stopped at being hopeless. Oh, crap. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. This whole thing is hopeless. And so if, if only the only thing you're doing in that is identifying the hopelessness, then guess what? Newsflash, everything will become hopeless. Yeah. Everything will be a sign or an indicator or an example of why your life is hopeless. Even things that come across that are actually hopeful, you'll find a way, right, to spin it. And add it to your yep. hopelessness. Yep. And everyone deals with it. Yes. Like that's actually the beauty of this conversation too, is like, we're all in this boat. Like this applies to if you're a Jesus person or if you're a non-Jesus person, like hopelessness is something we all struggle with. And hope is something that we all <clears throat> desire, no matter where you're where you're at in this journey of faith, you know, atheist or you know, full body Jesus follower, like everyone deals with feelings of hopelessness, of depression on some scale, you know? Um, yeah. And, and whatever scale that is, but all of us desire hope. Like that's not just a Jesus person thing. Right. Now yeah. we, we just identify the source of hope in a, in a different place, but something that I just like <clears throat> wrote down as we were listening to that was just identifying a problem or the feel or like the source of that feeling puts us in the driver's seat versus being a victim, or at least maybe just, even if we're not fully able to drive that, you know, what, if we don't have all the tools in our toolkit to like, you know, drive through that maze of feeling hopelessness of why am I feeling this way? What, you know, what's going on? It at least puts us in a different spot where we're, like I was saying earlier, like where we're like ignorant of like, why am I feeling this way? I'm not smart enough to um, contend with non-believers who try to point out things in the Bible that are impossible to be true. Like I'm not smart enough to tell them why Noah and the ark really happened or, you know, anything else. I'm just, I'm just not smart enough, which is kind of a lie. I'm super smart, but I'm just too lazy. (laughs) Maybe that's it. I'm just too lazy to know. But it's much easier for me to tell them, like, I can't believe you could read the Bible and the wisdom of the Bible and not see that it's true. Like when I think about this topic, because when we talk about hopelessness, the way of the world to address hopelessness typically is like, I'm going to find something that's going to make me feel better for a second. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like avoiding. Another whim. Yeah, yeah another, another whim, whim. Right? Yeah. So I'm going to get drunk or I'm going to sleep around or I'm going to go shopping or I'm going to get high or I'm going to whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Or I'm going to eat a bag of Oreos, right? Right <laughs> now I'm on Entenmann's, like the the chocolate frosted, huh. like, but yellow cake okay. Entenmann's. Oh my gosh. Like the the, the chocolate yeah. frosting gets hard, you know what I mean? So it's almost like- Oh, interesting. Yeah, so like it kind of, it almost like crumbles. It's so good. And mm. then and then the inside is all fluffy and mealy and it's like, mm, mm. that's so delicious. Wait, is that like the, de- like the Debbie? No, like listen, you're not- listen. Entenmann's, not Little Debbie's. Stop it. That's just wrong. That's wrong. I, I never heard, I never yeah. heard of this. You have to. You've seen Entenmann's everywhere. They're fancier uh, than Little Debbie's. Hmm. I feel like it's- I believe you. Yeah. I feel like it's uh, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to get into classism, <laughs> but I'm just telling you that Little Debbie is a little bit of a lower class than the Entenmann's. Yeah, uh, I believe you. I don't, I don't need a lot of 
little Debbie. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. It's getting weirder. Yep. It's Although getting the weirder. nutty bars. Like I really Oh, do. bro. Yeah. That was my bars. weakness in like high school, middle school for yeah. sure. I mean, like given the opportunity, it'd still right. be my weakness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You don't get abs and nutty bars at the same time. I mean, you still have abs. You just can't see yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, my point was, <laughs> is that the way of the world is to find something that's going to make us forget about our hopelessness for a second. or Because we feel like the opposite of hopelessness is, I just need to be happy. <laughs> and those aren't the right. same thing. Because, you know, if you wake up in the morning after you slept around or you got drunk or you got high or you bought too much on Amazon or you ate too many Entenmann's and you wake up the next morning... Uh, you're no longer happy because the intimates are gone or the girl's gone or the weed's gone, but then you still have that hopelessness. You've done nothing to address the hopelessness. And so when in the Bible, when Jesus talks about like the world's full of wrong answers, it's full of things that are, that'll be gone tomorrow. Like he talks about it all the time that there, this is just a passing thing. What I have is forever, forever. And that kind of hope, like, I don't know where else you can get that except for Jesus. Yeah. Right. You know? And so, we got to stop trying to address our hopelessness uh, with momentary happiness because um, the, uh, the economics of that just don't work out. When everything looks dark, when it's foggy and shrouded and I can't see ahead, when it's pitch black and there's no light at the end of the tunnel, when I can't see the future, I focus on the goodness of God to me. I can't look at everything that's surrounding me. I need to start listing the things that I have to be thankful for. For, like, I I need to change the channel of my mind. I'm gonna think about the goodness of God, about how he's been good to me in the past and he's promised he'll be good to me in the future. Come on. Have you ever had to do that? Oh yeah. Tell me about it. I mean, so I I think of, like maybe all the things that I thought I wanted when I was like younger and stupider. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. um, and like, I thought, man, um, that's a relationship that I wish I had or whatever. And, uh, and just, this is kind of related, but I think sometimes the goodness of God for me is recognizing the things that he didn't give me because I was too stupid to realize that, Oh, you know what? That was actually, um, not God's best for me. And so even though I may have been praying (laughs) consistently for those things, God's no was, um, was like protection was his goodness, you know? Um, but I mean, there's tons, there's tons in my life. Like, um, God has put so many people in my life, um, that have been like spiritual parents, uh, that have like changed the trajectory of my life, um, big time. Um, like, yeah, otherwise I would probably be even more messed up than Mm -hmm. I am currently. Um, just, just some emotional, uh, insecurities and, and, and things like that. Um, obviously my, my wife, man, uh, like I married up for sure. For sure. Married into a great family. Like, so I even see that as, I mean, like, you know, and if my family's listening to this, like I had a good like upbringing, like I had a safe, you know, like in, environment for the most part. But I mean, uh, you know, my parents got divorced and there was, obviously that was very challenging. That's sure. very challenging for any child, um, in, in the middle of that. But, um, 
shoot, I kind of lost my train of thought. That's but, okay. For me, I remember, this is going to seem like a long way around, but when I'm telling stories, it's always a long way around. When I was a kid, my brother, who's my best friend, was super into cars. And so like, in fact, he still is. And so that instilled in me a love of cars, although mine, it was never as like, um, like he's smarter about cars than I am. I just, I like more of the aesthetics of cars. Oh, sure. Anyway, but before he got smart, he really loved Corvettes and Camaros, right? So he, he bought a Corvette, it was maybe like a, a 72 or a 73. Um, it had, like, I think it was just the one year where there was like a crosshatch gill on the side. Anyway, it's not really important. He bought it. And so I must have been 12 maybe. Um, and I said, oh my gosh, bro. Like, I didn't say bro because we didn't say bro then. <laughs> oh my gosh, Mitch. I just see Corvettes everywhere now. Yeah. And he said, well, you're always going to find what you're looking for. Yeah, right. And like- that stuck with me. Like, I remember exactly where that happened. I remember what song was playing. I remember everything about that moment. Like, it was such a, like, a thing for me. And when we talk about this topic, when we talk about changing the channel or we talk about hopelessness, you know, and we just in the last segment, we talked about how if you're, if you're looking to be hopeless, you're always going to find hopelessness. Yeah. If that's what you're looking for. You're always going to find it. And it wasn't until I was maybe 50 before I figured that out, before I figured this turn the channel business out that I can walk out of the room that I'm in in my head. I don't have to stay there. Like if you're in a room in your head where you're fretting about something or anxious about something or hopeless about something, no one says that you have to stay in that room. Yeah, right. Get up and get out of the room. Right. Like certainly, you know, figuratively in your head, but even sometimes literally in your body. If it helps you to like, like don't sit on your bed and ruminate about how much your life sucks or how hopeless you are. Gosh. You know what I mean? Like, get out of that room. Uh -huh. Like, run up and get out of that room. Uh -huh. Because I feel like that's changing the channel. And we often don't do that. We'll sit and we'll ruminate in it. And we'll wallow in it. We'll roll around in it like a dog and poop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, we're, then oh, we yeah. stink and we're like, why do I smell like crap all the time? Well, you keep rolling well, around in poop. And sometimes it's easy to stay there. Yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes it's just easier. And uh, it takes, like, um, it takes work to do what you're saying. Yeah. And uh, that can sometimes be the challenging thing where we're in a spot where we're already down. And so it's like, how do I get past this, like this feeling or this moment to get myself into a place yeah. where then I can like do something about it? And I think that's where sometimes like the whole um, like mental health conversation. Yeah can be like tricky because I am not like very qualified to like speak to a lot of that. But what I love about what Sean is saying is there is like a level of control that you can kind of just like, just, just take, like just have yep. it, yeah. like just decide that I'm going to change the channel. Yeah. Like what you're saying, I'm going to get up off my butt yeah. <laughs> and do something yep. about this. Um, and sometimes that, that's just a mindset shift that, um, some people just need to be aware of, yeah. Um, and uh, not not fall victim to I can't do that, but you you can. Um, you may not. You just may not have ever thought to think like that. That you can do something about it. Like you can use this opportunity to go. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to let this control me. Like I'm not going to let this spot that I'm in define me for the rest of my life or, or be bigger than it needs to be. Yeah. You know, and that's not, I'm not trying to like minimize anything that anyone goes through, 
But like, I think there is something to say about, well, it's literally exactly what you, what you said. Like if you're looking for it, you'll find it. Yep. You feel what you focus. Right. You know? Yeah. That's it. You know, he talks, you talked about um, mental health for a second. I feel like a lot of people speaking of changing the channel might, might shut their listening off as soon as someone starts talking about mental health. Cause yeah. I'll think of it as like, when I think about mental health, I think about the Brown County Mental Health Institute when I was a kid, which was like the, like the asylum when I was a kid, you know, like that's what mental health was meant like mental health meant like electroshock and padded rooms oh, and straight sure. jackets, you know, but it, like, I wonder, I was just thinking as you were talking, but when I was a kid, kid, like five or six or something, like no one exercised. Like it wasn't like a thing that people did, right? Like no one trained yeah. just to live. People trained to be athletes, sure. right? So they could compete in the Olympics or be boxers or football men or whatever, right? Like they, they would train for that, but like not like John Q. Public was not a physical fitness person. Right. And then in 19- the lifestyle right, wasn't, right. yeah. 1977, Jim Fix wrote a book, The Complete Book of Running. And like, then people started running. Like Nike started making shoes for everybody, not just for the University of Oregon, right? Like it was like this thing where physical fitness, physical wellness, physical health became a thing for everybody. Oh my gosh, we're all supposed to be paying attention to this. And then there was like the pyramid of food and, you know, all these other things. And there's, (laughs) oh, nutrition's a thing. Nutrition health is a thing. It's for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of feel the same way about mental health, like in the last 10 or 20 years maybe, mm. mental health stopped being something that just a few people did, that in fact everyone has a mental health thing to be concerned about. Yeah. And so everyone has you know, uh, moments of triumph or hopelessness, not triumph, or sure, triumph, yeah. or hopelessness, mm-hmm. or trauma was the word I was going for. But like we, we all have these things, and we all have a mental health thing. Like it's not just for people that need straitjackets and electroshock treatment or whatever, yeah. right? And so I really That's hope big. that these conversations that have started in the last 10 or 20 years are things where we can start opening up like, hey, we all have mental health. And it's something we should all be, it's not something to be ashamed about. It's not something to be, you know, swept under the rug. It's not something to be, you know, especially like in the church. And we've talked about this, about how for too long in the church, like you, if you had a failure, a mental health failure, if you were had a bout with depression or anxiety or hopelessness, yeah. well, clearly you don't know Jesus well enough because Jesus says that he's the way, the truth, the hope and the life and everything. And that should be enough for you. Yeah. So you suck at being a Christian. <laughs> like that was the thing. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Right. That's like saying you suck at being a Christian because you have cancer. Yeah, and that's like, yeah, and that's it's that's literally does the opposite. Like, you're not good because yeah. you should have hope, so have hope. Yeah, well, yeah, that's not very faith. hopeful. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. <laughs> and the church is shrinking in North America. Such a weird thing. But yeah. I just feel like I wonder if mental health can be that way. I wonder if mental health will continue to like be seen as a, something that we can all be talking about and addressing on a regular basis. And, right, right. And I just know that, you know, I've seen therapists. I'm on anti-anxiety medicine. Like, But I think it's okay, like I've said. I think it's okay to have Jesus and a therapist too. It's okay to have Jesus 100%. and sertraline too. Like well, it, and I mean, if my if I break my arm today— Am I gonna go get a cast on it? You, yes. you bet I yep. am. So yes. it's just like if there's a deficiency or, or or if there's something else happening in your body, right, that needs to be like looked at, aided or whatever, right. Like, man, why would I ever shame someone right. for wanting to get that right? Yeah, especially when that thing like operates the rest right. of you. Like, man, yeah. that, that's... 
Yeah, I'm no, I'm no yeah. scientist and I don't know anything about the New England Journal of Medicine, but I'll tell you that my guess is that nine out of 10 times, someone that's depressed or anxious, you know, that's not them just feeling sorry for themselves. Sometimes it's actually like a chemical issue or, it, you know absolutely. what I mean? And so like absolutely. for you to say someone is a bad Christian or a, you know, right. not worthy person because they have uh, mental health issues. Right. And I'll say this, some of the best leaders that I think this world has seen are very open about saying, yeah, I currently yeah. still struggle with this. I currently still take yeah. something to help me balance some things in my body right. so that I can change the channel, so yeah. that I literally have the ability to change the channel. Because without this, yeah. I like, can't change the there's no fighting chance. Yeah. Like I can't change the channel because I don't have the remote. Right. Like I can't find it. Like, Because yeah. Yeah. there's something... Yeah, and so I'm not going to act like I'm like an expert in this, but I'm just saying that some of the world's best leaders and pastors and like are just very open about that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. It's not more than you can handle or bear. You were made for this. The book of Esther says you were created for such a time as this, I mean, you didn't choose where you were born or when, you didn't choose who your parents were, the race you'd be, or the gifts, abilities, or aptitudes you'd have, but he did. He handpicked you to live when and where you do and who you'd be. You have been trusted with the things that you are enduring. He's prepared you for everything you'd see and hear, encounter, and endure. So when you're feeling hopeless, you have got to stand on the promise of God and know that nothing catches him by surprise. Nothing makes him wonder what he's gonna do or what you're gonna do. You were made for this. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah. Like, and I, I feel like the thing that's begging to be sorted out here is that yes, you were made for this. You were made for the both the success and the failure that you might find yourself in. You were made for the accomplishments and the shortcomings that you feel you're in the middle of. You were made for this. And so the distinguishing thing is that, that you might not always be fully equipped. You might not always be prepared, you know, right in this moment to overcome it or to get past it. But know that you have the ability or you have the capability, you have the capacity to do that. Those are the things that are built in you, the capability and the capacity. Your willingness, that's up to you, right? Your energy, mm -hmm. you know, that's up to how you handle your circumstances. So, you know, your capability is there. Your ability might be something different right now, but know that that's where God has you. And I love that Sean pointed out the fact that none of this comes as a surprise to God. COVID wasn't a surprise to God. Yeah. The fact that you're about to lose your job is no surprise to God. The fact that your marriage is on the rocks is no surprise to God. Like he's not amazed that he wakes up and he finds out that you just had a really big argument or that you were mean to your kids today. Like he... He knew this was coming yep. and he's already put in you, built into you, pre-engineered into you the ability or the capability to overcome it. So that willingness though, now that's up to you. Cause that's the story. Like that's the story we're telling that like, that's the story we're a part of is like, is to see our brokenness, but then to go, but God, yeah, like, but because of this hope, because of this promise, because of this person of Jesus, it's a different story. Yeah. Like that is what we're like, what are you saying? Like, cause 
this is what you're made for because this is what the story is. Right. And I feel like this goes back full circle, right? Because I feel like the Bible is chock full of these characters who were made for those moments, right? With the capabilities and the and and everything else that they would need to do it, but didn't have the energy or didn't have the willingness to do it. So like they would say to like they would say to God, God, I can't do this. I'm this and that. I'm this and this. I'm this other thing. And God's like, yeah, I know you're all that, but you're still made for this. And so like, you know, time after time, New Testament and Old Testament, there are examples of 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 heroes, of of faith heroes that were made for what they needed to accomplish, even though they they didn't have a belief in themselves that they could. And so if you're listening and you feel like you're it's insurmountable, that the mountain is too high, that the that the valley is too deep, that you just feel like that you're never going to be able to get across that. Left on your own, you're right. You're never going to be able to get across that. Even though, like, physically, you're able to, even though design-wise, you're made to do it, you know, you're not going to have the willingness, you're not going to have the courage, you're not going to have the hope to get up that mountain or across that valley on your own. And so all the Oreos or Entenmann's or weed or booze or chicks in the world aren't going to help you get there. And in fact, they're going to put you behind. You're going to be behind. And so stop looking for happiness and start looking for hope. And it's in that hope that we find our willingness and our courage and the and the ability to fill in our capability. There's a better way to say that. I just can't figure out what it is. Right yeah, now. no, I think I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, I love that. I love that uh, message for us all today. And so... Listen, if, uh, if you're listening and you thought that these uh, words were fantastic, I don't blame you. They were fantastic. And so you should, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you should share them with somebody. Like find, uh, uh, find the link uh, on your podcast platform and just share it on social media saying, oh my gosh, you guys, you have to hear what Pastor Sean said about this because everyone needs to hear this message of hope, this hope-giving and life-giving message because that's the promise. It's not about bells and candles and kneelers yeah. and water and garbs <laughs> it's about <laughs> it's about hope giving and life giving that's why jesus came everything else is stuff that we made up along the way i don't know why i got into this but i just want you to know that there's hope that that, that that this faith thing has nothing to do with church and everything to do with relationship with god where he wants to hear from you day in and day out about how you feel like you're struggling and where you want to succeed and where you want to go he wants to hear about that from you anyway if you did enjoy this podcast please uh uh, review it and rate it on your favorite podcast platform because then more and more and more and more people will be able to hear about it. That's it for this time on Chewing That. Thanks, Jesse, for being here. I hope you can Absolutely. come back again. Uh, my name is Scott. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>